The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Prickham Scorchers, where you can get 100x. That's right. Turn five and $500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for 100% deposit bonus up to $500. We're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bet, sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Plus, the NBA is back. So is the NBA Gambling Podcast. <clears throat> to celebrate, we're giving away an NBA Gambling Podcast hoodie. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NBA dog for all the details. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NBA dog for all the details. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants it, yeah. We are back with another edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice of the guy. It's me, Really Real, Villain Real, Terrell from Virginia here at your service. Here comes the money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. And I mean, oh, yeah, just flush all of those picks away from last Thursday. That was absolutely a slobber knocker for me completely. I wouldn't even say it was a completely bad read, but I'm just tired of losing bets on players that refuse to catch the ball. I lost on the Patriots last week because Devontae Parker didn't want to catch a gimme. And now Foster Moreau. Honestly, truly, I think I would have been fine if the, with the Saints not winning and losing the lock battle to Scott. I would be perfectly fine with it. If it wasn't Foster Moreau, the person that I hung my hat on and took their anytime touchdown at plus 550, that missed the, the game-tying touchdown that would have gave me a shot, Like I'd have been perfectly fine with losing, like, losing all of that as long as it wasn't Foster Moreau as the one that blew it. And mm-hmm. guess what? The man that had that was getting all the work throughout the game, missed the most important catch. Oh, this Saints team is in hell. Shout out to Scott. He had the Jags. Scott Studio, Rachel, people. Scott, what's going on? Scotty, beat me up. Surprise. Yeah, doing pretty well. It was pretty fitting that on Thursday Night Football, when all of the games had been ugly, the highest scoring one involved two teams with basically banged up offensive lines. So it turned out to actually be a good game. Looked like Jacksonville was going to blow it open early. Then New Orleans came back. And then, of course, Moreau dropped the touchdown at the end. Either way, though, I do have some breaking news. I'm now 2-0 and in show bets. So that is you the are. breaking news. Congratulations. Uh, feels good. Uh, simply good put. Good answer, Scott. Good answer. Good pick. Thank you. That was a great it. pick, Scott. Amazing. Thank you. Pick. Thank you. I, I, I'm good. just congratulating you and giving you the family feud good answer because apparently one of our listeners 
doesn't want to listen to the show anymore because I verbally assault your picks, which I do to everybody who picks the other side of me. But show it's okay. Me good Jaguars. answer. Yeah, good, good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, good okay. answer. That's uh, a good answer. Overall, it felt good to get that one right. At the end of the day, it was not the game script that I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a really ugly game, and it turned out to actually be entertaining. But Dennis Allen, not a good coach. There were a couple of fourth down attempts by both coaches. They're just in shotgun, and I'm like, what are you doing? Doug Peterson Everybody went shotgun. Both of them were trying to lose that game. Both of them really were. I, I can't, There's nothing I really hate more, or I'm sure I can think of something, but in football, when you see the fourth and one, when you see the fourth and one shotgun, you're I'm like, they're about to completely run it up the middle, aren't they? And they do, and they don't They don't get it. Of course they don't get it. It's the most obvious play there is. But either way, Jacksonville got it done. It was a, actually, it was a pretty high bar in terms of entertainment value. It's going to be tough to match, but this game is interesting because, because you have two teams that are – Competing for a playoff spot, but, all, but are also on the verge of falling off a cliff. So it should be a pretty interesting matchup here in Week 8. Very much so, because in Week 8, we have the Buffalo Bills traveling nowhere because they're at home. Welcoming the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, they are Flying traveling. Up they're, going back from, they're going back from New England, so they are traveling. Yeah, going back with heavy on the mind, heavy on the heart, because they took an L to the worst team in the league. Minus 10. Is where it opened at. It's currently sitting at minus eight and a half. 42 and a half is the total. That's down one point from 43 and a half. Oh, man. I mean, let's pull up an injury report for this one. Uh, we have here for the whenever it wants to load. There we go. Oh, wait. No, that's week seven. We're in week eight. Wow. We're already halfway through the season. Jesus Christ. Well, not officially. We got 18 weeks, but close enough. This is also 2022. I don't know why it continues to open up 2022. Okay, here we go. Tyson Campbell, probably the best corner for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's still out. Devon Hamilton still out. Zay Jones still out. Trevor Lawrence is questionable. He's going to play. Walker Little is out the tackle. And Brandon Sheriff, the guard, is questionable. For the wow, this is not even no. I was gonna say, you said Trevor Lawrence, it's uh Bucks Bills. Yeah, what's going on? This is not this is the Jaguars injury report. I don't know why it says that. I don't even know why. Okay, all right, whatever. Either way, while I try to figure out the actual correct injury report for this game, the really the big thing is that the the Buffalo Bills are in a get-up spot here against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They just lost over the course of the weekend as a – what was that line close at? Seven and a half like point seven favorite. and a half. It opened to like nine, but yeah, close yep. seven and a half. Seven and a half point favorite to the New England Patriots. Who? Retired? Uh, not retired. I don't think it's retired. Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. They added Mike Vrabel to the Ring of Honor this weekend. That was very interesting to happen during that game. I probably still wouldn't have picked the Patriots if I knew that happened, but it would have made me think about it. However, here we go. Chase Edmond has been activated for the Buccaneers from IR. He was a full participant in the first two days of practice. Chris Godwin did not practice on Monday, was a limited participant in practice on Tuesday. We have... Uh, Kayvon Merriweather did not participate either day of practice. 
Baker Mayfield did not participate Monday with a knee injury. He was limited on Tuesday. Watch out for that. And Kyle Vita Vea, potentially, potentially. Vita Vea, groin, did not participate in practice either day. You can expect him to be out. For the Buffalo Bills, that shoulder is still nagging Josh Allen, and it was definitely nagging him in that game last week. However, he was a full participant in practice these past two games. Terrell Bernard, full participant in practice these past two days. Spencer Brown, the tackle, full participant. Kyer Elam, the corner, he was a full participant. Dawson Knox is expected to miss some time here. He's not playing in this game. Von Miller was a limited participant. This is really just vet rest for him. He's going to play in this game. We have Ed Oliver, who was a limited participant. He's questionable. Jordan Phillips, the D tackle, he is questionable. And that's about it that anybody really cares about. So the last couple of names there were important because New England kind of dominated up front in that game because Oliver was not there to actually help stop the run. So that actually is a pretty big deal. No, it's a, and I mean, it just overall, this Bills team has struggled against the run. You look at what they do yep. against opposing running backs this season, and rush yards allowed, they are, what do I have here, seventh in rush yards allowed in the league in terms of giving up a whole bunch of rush yards to the opponent's running back. So there, this could be an opportunity for Rashawn White to get going in this game for this, Buff- for this uh, Buccaneers team, but really for me, I, I mean, I'm not trying to look too, too much into the New England win, but just more of Buffalo as a whole. This is such a difficult team to handicap because you'll have stretches in the early part of the season where they won three straight by 28 points. And then you'll have games like the Jags where they lose as five and a half point favorites, the Patriots where they lose as seven and a half point favorites. Uh, barely it, beat it, the it Giants. Arguably barely beat the Giants. Like, this team is really, really overrated at this point. Like at like at this point, they've shown us enough where we could sit here and say this team is actually kind of overrated. And I'm not certain if you should be laying over a touchdown with them, especially if Josh Allen is hurt and he's going to continue to make bad decisions with the football. I feel like that's also what makes it interesting because based on how bad the Bills have been for the last couple of weeks, why are they laying eight and a half points? Like I, I, I just feel like this line is yeah. very, very weird to me. I don't think Tampa's good either. To be clear, and maybe Baker's injury has something to do with it, and the fact that Buffalo is getting healthier on the defensive end, which is why the line did shrink from around nine to seven and a half against New England. Plus, we say it all the time: division games are weird. Weird things happen. You have so yeah. much familiarity, and that's just you know how it goes sometimes. But eight and a half does feel a bit steep. But I do wonder how much of the actual power rankings that Vegas has for these teams are just based on upside. And how much of it is based on what we've seen so far? Because the Bills are always a high-profile team that, when things go right, can compete with anybody, as you said before. They've been terrible the last couple of weeks. So I do wonder how much of that is expecting just a bounce back and how much of that is... Honestly, truly, after losing to the Jets in the week one, we can kind of say they've almost been terrible the entire portion of the season. Like, really. They killed Miami, which is what made a lot of people think that... Yeah, and I think that's really... I think that's the win. But, like, you're supposed to kill the Raiders at home. You're supposed to kill the Commanders. Has this team really gone... Like, have they really done anything to expectation? No. No. All the money is pouring in on Buffalo here, and... 
I'm just not sure why. I don't know if I can lay over a touchdown with this team. When Give you say money, are you, is that in terms of quantity and quality? Or you're talking about there's no, like a part quantity of the and part? quantity and quality. If we look here, uh, going to VEASAN's, um bet slip little whatever it's called. I don't even know. Breakdown thing, whatever. Breakdown, yeah. I don't even know what to call this thing. Either way, you – let me open this up and see where bets were – prior to that game last week but yeah so if you look here on whatever the day the 19th was october 19th there was some 63 percent of bets 71 percent of the money on the buffalo bills that number went up well the number of bets went down to 61 percent, but the number of handle went up to 86 percent over the course of this week Probably is everybody assuming that, you know, they're going to just go ahead and bounce back in this spot, destroy the Buccaneers on Thursday night. But I just really feel uncomfortable laying over a touchdown with this Bills team. Like, do I think the Bucs have the offense to keep up if the Buffalo Bills are able to go out and start scoring? No. But, I mean, Thursday nights are normally ugly, ugly games. The Bills suck against the run. If you sold me on this being a Rashad White game and he was able to help the Bill, the Buccaneers, this is so hard having two teams with B. I keep saying the other one. Either way, I say, or, Chase, Bucks, or Chase Edmonds who's coming back doesn't even have yeah, to be I a mean, game. Or it could, yeah, it could be Chase Edmonds, and maybe Chase Edmonds comes in and actually is pretty good. Like if they, if they're if they can run the ball on this Bucks defense, control time possession. I don't think the Bucks are going to have the opportunity to win this by more than a touchdown. Honestly. I this is disgusting. I guess, I guess here's the, the question that I have to ask because we're talking about a Buffalo hasn't really beaten anybody worth a damn besides the Miami win, which ha- you know that was a solid performance, but still, how good is Tampa? Like, I don't think Tampa's good, but I feel like that's also a discussion involving the NFC South because you're going to look they're at the standings. Bad. I think they're okay, but I mean, yeah, they're not. I mean, Atlanta should have killed them last week because Ritter fumbled twice at the one yard line. Like they should, they should have lost that game pretty comfortably. And Bijan played like five snaps. Like I thought, I don't think, I don't think Tampa's any good. I think that well, that's also Baker, a division game. Same thing as you know. No, it is. Last it is. Week, a, it is a division, yeah, game. A division my, game. My point is that game was close. That I do feel like some people were giving Tampa extra respect when in reality I thought that that actual final score was misleading. That's kind of the point I'm making. But a lot of people went into the season expecting Tampa to be a bottom feeder. I know I was. I thought they'd be terrible. They looked pretty good early on. Mostly Baker. Now Baker's injured, and to be honest, he's not looked very good the last couple weeks. It does feel like Tampa is regressing into the team that we thought they were going to be, which is a fringe top 10 pick in the draft type team. And I guess my question for you is, if Buffalo was able to bury Washington, and if they were able to bury the Raiders, two teams that you can argue are kind of comparable to Tampa, they just play in more difficult divisions, Shouldn't Buffalo also be able to beat this team by double digits? Is that a fair comp to compare Tampa to Washington and the Raiders? It feels like it. I think Tampa's in that same boat. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're in the same boat. I think they're a little bit better, but I think they're in the, I think they have better talent for sure. That's I think fair. they have way better talent. I mean, besides Devontae Adams, I don't think it's really much too too much talent on that uh Raiders team. So I think they have better talent. And that's ultimately what I'm just hoping on here like whether it's baker is more than likely going to be baker like this injury report tells me baker is going to play he's just banged up but just get the ball to mike evans and chris godwin and get out the way 
Like Gallo's also banged <laughs> up, but he's probably going to play too. Yeah, like just get out the way. Full participant in practice for Godwin. Yeah. It, it, just get out the way and let those guys make plays. Let the running backs find some space. And I'm just kind of hoping for a solid offensive game plan that just keeps the ball out of the Bills' hands. And even when the ball is in the Bills' hands, I don't trust Josh Allen. Yeah. I really don't. I don't not know more. You weren't a fan of the first pass attempt being intercepted in that Patriots game? No. <laughs> but it was so Josh Allen like, and I was kind of mad I didn't foresee it. Like, I'm really mad I was giving out the Bills for a survivor. I really was. I really was. Because, like, when I thought about it, I really don't like Josh Allen. To be fair, the injury good. report really did go against you in the last, like, couple days because they were just adding extra guys on the defensive line. Yeah, that too. That, that too. I was watching that, and I was like, oh, man. But, you know, McCorkle. I, 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 yeah. Ultimately, I'm perfectly fine fading McCorkle. I mean, you could but, blame Josh Allen all you want, but in reality, Buffalo was leading with a minute 40 to go, and Mac Jones went 75 yards. Like, that, that can't happen. Allen was not good, but he did enough to get them the win. But, like, incredible that Josh Allen, like, just doesn't get the flack for, like, the mistakes. And, like, the same – like, this team shouldn't be four and three. And, honestly, we had to rank these teams earlier today. And I was kind of sick to my stomach putting the Bills in the top ten because they honestly – I don't know what I had them at, like, seven or eight, I think. I had them in the bottom end of the top ten. I don't think – I didn't I didn't rank them low enough. I know for a fact I didn't rank them low. I think I might have had them at eight, but don't quote me on it. I forgot what I had. But I guess for the sake of this, you're taking the Buccaneers? Yeah, man, I can't trust this Bills team. Okay, you're going with the under with that? Of course. System okay. play. Thursday night unders. So I think we're going to disagree here. I know that we just spent a lot of time kind of ragging on the Bills because they've been really bad for the last three games. I just can't get past this line. This feels like such a trap line to me where it just feels like if you were looking at how these teams have played recently, Buffalo should be laying – Five and a half, six, give or take. Like eight and a half tells me that they think Tampa well, can That's kind of tough because the line opened up. The look ahead was minus ten. You can't drop a line five points for without like good reason. I think they moved the line down as far as they could move it. Well, those those uh, actual databases that you're looking at are based on openers, so that line might have come out like three months ago. Yeah, but still, like three months ago, moving yeah. a line five points from three months ago without a major injury is like really, really hard. Like the only person that's commanded that movement this season is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, like, you can't, you can't sure. just make and the Giants for just being historically bad. But yeah, I, I, I get, I get the concern there, but I don't think I think they moved it as much as they could. I think at any more, it, it's like, what are you doing? I think for this, though, I'm going to lean to Buffalo. I'm, I am in a group Tampa with the Commanders and with the Raiders. I watched a decent amount of that game last week. Ritter really moved the ball up and down the field. He just kept turning it over in the red zone because he's not a good quarterback. So I'm a bit concerned about Tampa's defense. Offensively, Baker hasn't done much either. So that has me concerned, too. I don't feel great about it. I'm going to lean to Buffalo, though. I think at home they get back on track. Maybe the Giants game I thought would be the wake-up call they needed. Maybe they needed to actually lose in order to get the wake-up call they needed, but I'm hoping they show up for this game. I I actually have some questions about the total in this one because I do think Buffalo maybe gets it going. I really think Tampa's defense is highly overrated, and I do think that Buffalo can potentially get some stuff going. Depends if Allen's actually injured or not or what the story's with the shoulder. I'm going to link to the over because I do have questions about Buffalo's defense as well, and I do think that Tampa – 
can get some touchdowns. I think that Buffalo is going to have a good game offensively. I really see some type of 31-14 game, 31-17. I'm going to lean to the over. I'm going to lean to the Bills. It's not an easy game to handicap, but if I had to pick it, I will go with the over and I will go with the Bills. I don't know fantasy is a way to play alongside your family favorite fantasy football team all season long. They have just introduced Scorchers. Five for five and pick them scorchers and enjoy a nice spicy 100x payout. And for a limited time only, Underdog is extending the first deposit bonus up to $500. Extending that first deposit bonus up to $500. Make sure you tap in with Underdog Fantasy and our Underdog lineups. Plus 100K Sundays, 10, well, no. Now it's a 1,000 lucky winners will win $100. So I missed my 10K window. I did. Now a thousand lucky winners will win a hundred dollars. Underdog Fantasy, sign up. Oh man, I'm I'm still gonna get my hundred dollars, and then I'm probably gonna put it back in Underdog and flip it into what's what's a hundred times a hundred? Ten thousand. Uh, That's how I get my ten thousand. That's how I get my 10,000. They're going to give me the free hundred dollars and then I'm going to go use the scorchers and I'm going to get the hundred X payout. And then I'm going to flip it in 10,000. It's just like they gave me 10,000 because if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to get it myself. Underdog fantasy will double your first deposit up to $500 with promo code SGPN. That's underdog fantasy promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by the NBA underdog contest. Look, NBA gambling podcast is giving away a hoodie. All you have to do is go to Emily. Excuse me. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NBA dog and submit a screenshot of you playing NBA underdog using our promo code SGPN. And one random winner will get an NBA gambling podcast hoodie. Just go to NBA, go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NBA dog, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NBA dog. Send that screenshot of you playing underdog with promo code SGPN. And one random winner will get a NBA gambling podcast hoodie. And if you want, I'll sign it. I might. I don't know. That's actually a kind of a lot of logistics of them sending me the hoodie to sign it and then send to you. But I might do it if you ask me. All right. <sighs> Let's see here. What can we do really quickly? We gave out. Scott, you can go ahead and give out your first touchdowns really quickly. You can do oh, that. Okay. Uh, so for my first touchdowns, I did not go that crazy in terms of the uh, long shots here. So I have a couple that are around 10 to 1 range, but there's one long shot that I do have. I did two for each team because Buffalo is a weird team, so I thought I should probably do two per team. I got Gabe Davis at 10 to 1 as my first choice. Diggs was too cheap for me. <laughs> Allen I thought about for rushing, but truth is Allen really hasn't run that much recently. And he only had a touchdown against New England because it was a QB sneak at the one-yard line. I'm on Gabe Davis. He's actually been a decent red zone threat. Hasn't really done anything besides the red zone, but he has caught some touchdowns. And Tampa is a pass-funnel team. Good against the run, bad against the pass. Same story all, every year. So I do think that Gabe Davis should have some opportunities. That's going to segue me into my other, my other pass catcher for Buffalo. I got Dalton Kincaid at 11-1. to I think it's a great spot for him. Uh, Dawson Knox had wrist surgery. He's out indefinitely. Kincaid at 75 yards last week. And Tampa's also not been very good against tight ends so far this season. And I do think because of that, I am looking at a good spot for Kincaid at 11-1. to Transitioning over to Tampa, I went with Mike Evans at 12-1. to I felt like I kind of had to because we know how good he is in the red zone, historically speaking. And I do like his price at 12-1. to And my last choice was Kate Otten at 27-1. to I like the amount he's on the field. We saw Buffalo give up the game-losing touchdown to a tight end last week against New England. I think Kate on a 27 to one is a good price as well. Where did you get your 
your Tampa Bay versus tight end stat. Uh, I have I them as up, really good versus tight ends. I pulled up the yards allowed uh, for tight ends, which I was going to actually save for a prop later on. But Tampa's allowed at least 38 receiving yards to opposing tight ends in four of the first five games. And there's oh, okay. been multiple oh, tight ends. Break so it up like that, yeah. I broke it up like that. So you can argue, oh, you know, okay. maybe not in total of fantasy points or how that ranks, but they have been a little bit susceptible to giving mm-hmm. up some catches to tight ends, and I thought that was good enough for me. But it's mostly Knox being injured, which should result in a massive boost in opportunity for Kincaid. All right, before I give out mine, got to talk to you about Hall of Fame bets, sports betting analyst platform, parlays, player props, and game lines. Research everything from the NFL, NBA, MLB, soccer, and guess what? They have a revolutionary parlay optimizer tool. Really, really good. I had a parlay with it last night. It gave me the hit rates. It had, you know, a expected probability of it and a chance for it not to hit. But guess what? It did. Take that, Hall of Fame bets. Appreciate you for giving me everything I need to make sure that my parlay was completely optimized and helping me achieve that 19 to 1 winner last night. 30,000 users are using Hall of Fame bets. Make sure you are one of them. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. Again, promo code SGPN. All right. I'm really kicking myself, Scott. I feel like I've had some good reads in these first touchdowns, and I have not achieved another winner in a little while after three straight winners. I am going to ask, do we overlap on any of my four? Um, Yeah, I like Mike Evans. Okay. You know, he, he met the threshold, and if Mike Evans is in the threshold, I got to play him, unfortunately. Okay. I, it felt really, really chalky, but it's kind of not chalky because – they're eight and a half point underdogs, so the fact that they're yeah. scoring first is kind of insane. So, twelve to one. That's Mike Evans. Just a good price. I mean, yeah, I took Evans at twelve to one. I like that. I will also take the Bucks defense at forty-five to one because Josh huh. Allen is really, really overrated, and he's gonna he's gonna throw an interception, and he. You know, it's a possibility that this Bucks team can take that interception to the crib. And so I think it's the overconfidence sometimes in what he's able to do. And I think Dable actually did hide some of his flaws a lot better than, you know, the new offensive coordinator, this new offensive staff has really been doing for the past couple of years. It's far and so he, he just thinks he yeah. can make every throw, so he just chucks it, no matter how bad the throw actually is. Yeah, so not really, not really too big on that. I also played the Bills defense at twenty-five to one, and I'm just kind of hoping for a defensive score here. I mean, Baker's hurt, and Baker has looked really bad the past. Two and Baker's weeks. also not afraid of making dumb decisions too. Gunslinger syndrome, same yeah. idea. This Bill, this Bucks team was three and one. Now they're three and three, and it was pretty bad. And so, yeah. mm-hmm. if I can get the opportunity, I'm pretty sure I'll get the opportunity with both of them. I'll take both of them. So give me both of them, twenty-five to one for the Bills. 45 to 1 for the Bucks. I just think that's mispriced, by the way. I don't think it should be that big of a gap between those two. And for my last bill, Josh Allen doesn't meet the threshold. Yeah. It's really tough to find Bill's players because since they're Yeah, so because much, what? It's going to go to the same people. Yeah. It's going to go to the same people. You know what? He always screws me, and I'm just going to say, I mean, it's only 10 to 1. That's kind of boring. 
Either way, I feel confident about the other three, actually. So I think this one doesn't matter. But give me Latavius Murray at 10 to 1. Because I can I can Latavius Murray always, 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 always for like the past five years of his career. He just burns you. Yeah, like he just comes in and he vultures touchdowns from the main guy. And this just feels like a James Cook week where everybody thinks that, okay, we can get over with James Cook today. And Latavius Murray comes in here for a one-yard touchdown. So give me Latavius Murray at 10-1. That's really, really chalky. And I actually really – yeah, that's really, really chalky. But it just feels like, one, this probably should be more of a price than 10-1. to But also it feels very, very sneaky because it, they've given him goal line touches before. He's gotten in the end zone before. And, you know – there's a lot of possibilities where James Cook is not on the field in the red zone for this one. They trust Latavius Murray, which is crazy that Latavius Murray continue. He's that good, actually. Like people try to, he's actually that good that he gets the trust from every single coaching staff that he's on. So, all right, there's my four. Okay, here, let's get into our props. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I think our props did okay. I'm trying to I'm trying to think if I want it. Really, it's not much available, but I was trying to think of what if I wanted to go first or not and change the mojo. I'm not. Scott, it's over to you. All right. Uh, so I have a couple of Josh Allen props. My first one's going to be interception at even money. Even money is just an insane price. Even though I do think Buffalo is going to cover, I acknowledge that Josh Allen is a lunatic at times. He's thrown a pick in each of the first each of the last three games. He has a pick in eight of his last ten games. Tampa, pretty good at actually intercepting opposing quarterbacks. Tampa's averaging one reception per game, which ranks tied for eighth in the league. It's mostly just even money. I think that's a great price for Allen to continue doing what he's doing, which is make one really, really dumb throw per game. Uh, Besides that, I do like Josh Allen under uh, 23.5 rushing yards at minus 110. It's weird because with a shoulder injury, you'd assume the coaching staff would let him run more, but he hasn't been running at all. The last couple of games, he's had less than 18 rushing yards in each of the last four games, and he's gone under this number in seven of his last 10. But 23 and a half just feels too high based on his current numbers. And of course, with Buffalo projecting to win, you are going to get some kneel downs most likely, which should result in some negative rushing yards. But my last prop gonna... what you would hope to get some kneel downs, you hope so. Yeah, you hope so. But still, I'm getting that... no kneel downs last week. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but you have Kincaid also as my last guy at over 37 and a half receiving yards at minus 110. Dawson Knox out indefinitely with a wrist injury. Kincaid at 75 yards last week against New England. And I mentioned before, Tampa's allowed at least 38 receiving yards to opposing tight ends in four of its first five games of the season. Simply put, I just like the overall uh, just spot for Kincaid. He's going to get a massive boost in production. They drafted him in the first round. Knox is injured. I see him getting a massive boost in target share. So I am going to go with Kincaid over 37 and a half receiving yards at minus 110. I'm going to kick things off with James Cook under 49 and a half rushing yards. And it's more of the Latavius Murray is not going away. He's still a thing. And Tampa's always good against the run. Yeah, very, very good against the run. And I don't think that they're going to be in positive game score. I think that this actually is going to be a little bit of a back and forth game and a little bit closer than either than either team would like. Well, Tampa would probably like it to be that close, but it's definitely going to be closer than the Bills would like it to be on, you know, a comeback, uh, looking to bounce back in the game. So give me James Cook under 49 and a half. I just don't think that he's going to get the rushing workload that he would like to get in that 
would play into the Bills game script. I think the Bucs are going to really, really stop the run and force them to play through the pass and make Josh Allen a passer. I'm with you. Josh Allen, even money for an interception is just stealing at this point. Like, I think that's stealing. I, I expect to see Josh Allen fold this game away and he's, he's going to give up one. It's that it's the Derek Carr syndrome, as you said. And so I'll take Josh Allen. I will for, yeah, Josh Allen for an interception. And for my last prop, I'm taking a page out of your book, honestly, because it's not a lot of props available. And I think this is an under game. Give me Tyler Bass, over one and a half field goals made at even money. Yeah, you know I'm not going to have a problem with any kicker props on a Thursday night. Josh Allen's been kind of floating in the red zone, too. Like, yep. It's not not as good. You're not as efficient as they would want to be. So I'll, I'll take a kicker prop. And Tyler Bass actually has a picture on underdog. So I like that. I like those odds. Even money for Tyler Bass at over one and a half field goals. I mean... DFS I feel time? good about it. Yeah, yeah, it's DFS time, but I feel no, I feel good about that. I really I think I just want to fade Josh Allen in this game. I really do. I don't want to get too crazy with it, but I really do want to fade Josh Allen in this game. It just feels like it just feels like everybody expects him to bounce back and they might win this game off of defense. Cuz Baker was pretty bad. And I wish Baker props was out. I would have took Baker's interception prop as well. Yeah. I will when it comes out. All right. DFS was a was a hoot this week. All right, if you don't know, now you know. Scott and I both drop DFS lineups every Thursday, trying to win a million dollars. We have not won a million dollars yet. When we do win a million dollars, we'll probably just stop being on this show overall entirely, and that's how you'll know we won. So Scott is on FanDuel. I am on DraftKings. Scott, who are you playing for DFS this week? So even though I do think he's going to turn the ball over, and even though I have some questions with him, I did end up going with Josh Allen just because I think Tampa's really <laughs> just such a – it's just such a pass-funnel defense. I really wanted to make a case for somebody else that was a bit a different. I thought about Diggs, thought about Gabe Davis, but I think I just have to go with Allen because Allen does, even if I am wrong about the rushing prop, he still can be used as a goal line back, which helps. And I do think, once again, Tampa's so good against the run – but I don't see much value with James Cook or anybody else like that. So I do think that Allen will be attempting a bunch of passes in this game. I have Allen as my captain. I have Diggs with a stack. I've, of course, I can't go against Diggs. His numbers are too consistent. And if I'm going to take Allen, I kind of have to take Diggs. I did throw in Kincaid. I think he's got a shot to score a touchdown. I like the overall snap percentage expectancy for him with Knox being out. For Tampa, I did end up going with Kate Otten. So I do have two tight ends. Uh, Buffalo against the tight end position has not exactly been great. And I do like the fact that we saw New, a New England score a game one touchdown via tight end position in that spot. And on's also liking Cade where he's going to play a bunch of snaps. So I did go with him and I did go with Rashad White. I think a lot of people don't like him because he's not very good. I'll admit that, but I do like the overall spot for him. Uh, Buffalo has not been great against the run this season. He also had 65 receiving yards last week. So White does give you some PPR value, but those are my five. I know that Allen, once again, being in the captain spot is pretty chalky, but I am wondering how many people are going to pivot off of him because of how bad he's been recently. But even with the bad performances, well, he still well, had two touchdowns against the Giants. He still had a rushing touchdown against New England. For fantasy purposes, he's been fine. But for actual football, like as a fan and as a gambler, he's been terrible. But for DFS, he's been fine. So I got Allen in my captain spot. 
Josh Allen is currently at projected 29.5% ownership. That is the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10th person on the board. But that is also a flex ownership. Uh, he, that is his flex ownership percentage. Yeah. So his captain ownership percentage is holy crap. It's based on expectations, but it should be lower than what you'd assume it would be. Holy kind of crap. Point. Where's Josh Allen for the captain slot? Just saying, as bad as Allen's been to read off the numbers, he had 25 fans. Oh, there points. he is. 17.3%. Uh, so that's not bad. He's, that's, that's the second most on third, second most owned captain. The first most owned captain is Stefan Diggs at 36%. And then it's Josh Allen. So second most Allen's numbers, by the way, just to go through how bad he's been. Fantasy-wise, once again. So week one, he was really bad. 12 fantasy points. From that point forward, 23, 22, 36, 28, 14, 25. So once again, fantasy-wise, has been okay for the most part. Uh That's why I picked him. I didn't pick him. Okay. I ended up putting Rashawn White in my captain slot. Because if he gets going against this Bills defense, he's 100% going to be the most, the highest scoring fantasy player, like 100%. But so what he does in the passing game, adding in the run game, and the fact that he could get a touchdown or two on the ground, absolutely. I was really, really, I was really, really, really tempted to go Mike Evans and Rashad White for first touchdown, but I just felt like that was too chalky. Because White was at 10 to 1. But very, very, I was very, very tempted to go there. I do think he gets in the end zone this week. I think this is a better rushing week for him. I took both defenses as well, Bills and the Buccaneers, because I think this is going to be an ugly game. I think there's going to be a bunch of turnovers. I think this is going to be something that people aren't going to watch. And uh very, very sneaky. I think that both teams can can get a few sacks in this game as well. You talked about how Josh Allen isn't running as much. And I think that this Bills defense, this Bucks defense, Jesus Christ, I hate with the same letter is really killing me today. This Bucks defense, I, I think that they can get to home to the quarterback. We know this Bills defense can get home to the quarterback. Both of these quarterbacks banged up. I think this is an opportunity uh, where they may not be looking to tuck and run really quickly and they'll settle for a sack here or there. So, yeah, I like both defenses to have a pretty nice day and don't let them score a touchdown as well. I threw Tyler Bass in there. Because I put him in the prop sheet, and yep. I think I, th- I think that there's going to be more field goals than touchdowns. So while Buffalo may put up some points, I think a lot of it would be field goals in that red zone, and and the Bucks pretty solid in red zone actually. So uh, I'll take Tyler Bass there, and then to round out my slate, I took both number one receivers, Mike Evans and Stephon Diggs, because neither quarterback have to have a good offensive fantasy day for both of these two to be fantasy relevant. I mean, look at Sunday Night Football. Tua finished with 10 fantasy points. Tyreek Hill finished with 25. Mm. So they neither quarterback has to have a good day. Both receivers can have a great day, and I think they will. Mike Evans is a touchdown machine, and he's gone through all these seasons of 1,000 yards with different quarterbacks because he's that good. And Stephon Diggs, I think that this is a bounce-back spot for him. He takes these losses very serious. He's very emotional, and – I think that this is a nice spot where he can take advantage of these Bucks defensive backs, uh, even though 
you know, this Bucks defense is pretty solid. I think their secondary is something you can exploit. And I think Stephon Diggs has a skill set that he can do it. So there you go. Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs, Tyler Bass, Bucks defense, Bills defense, Rashad White in the captain slot. That uh, nobody's playing that lineup. I'm not sharing the million dollars when I win because I'm be the only one that has this lineup. Who we Scott? All right, we got through that rather quickly. It's locking anytime touchdown time. I feel like my locks haven't been good on this show. Let's see here. I'm kind of, I'm not really interested in, yeah, I'm not interested in the side at all. I'm just going to take the total. Give me under 42 and a half. I think this is an ugly, ugly game in Buffalo on Thursday night. I think the crowd is going to be into it. They're going to uh, take the Bucks offense out of the game, and that Bucks defense is going to travel, play really well against this Buffalo Bills team. And it's just more of a play down the competition, get the win on a short week, and then take that long rest going into next week where the Buffalo Bills are, guess who they have on deck? The Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals. So, yep, I'm going ahead for 42 and a half under for this game. That's my lock. For my touchdown, I need somebody with some value because I do like, or you don't like Tavius? No, I'm not going to Tavius. I mean, he does have some value, but I'm not going to Tavius. Bill's defense? Actually, the Bucks players actually all have value. Yeah. They have value because just nobody's expecting them to score. Uh, but you also you also have the under, so that's why you're kind of threading the needle there. Oh no, I'm not afraid of that. I love taking anytime touchdowns with the under. It juices the play like by a million. Uh, I took Mike Evans in first touchdown. So give me Rashad White plus one sixty. That's pretty solid for a starting running back. What the hell? Yeah, give him plus one sixty. Rashad White. He gets an end zone. Over to you, Scott. All right. Uh, so for my lock, since Baker interception is not available, I am going to go with Josh Allen interception at even money. <laughs> Simply put, even money is a great price. I, I can't go, really go against it. Interception in eight of the last ten, each of the last three. Tampa's so good against the run, you're going to see extra pass attempts in terms of volume for Allen, which increases the probability of an interception. I'm going to go with it. Give me Allen interception at even money as my lock. For my dog, give me Gabe Davis touchdown. I mean, sorry, for my touchdown prop, I'm going to go with Gabe Davis at plus uh, – I'll go with plus 220 is the best line that I saw. I think it's a good deal. I know Davis did nothing last week against New England, but I do think when you're looking at the role of the receivers, Gabe Davis used to be the big play guy. Now he's mostly just a big body for the red zone. And I do think with Dawson Knox being out, who was one of Allen's favorite targets, maybe you're going to see some extra looks his way for a touchdown, but Tampa's been really good against the run, really bad against the pass. Everyone's expecting digs, even Tampa, maybe both. I think I have faith in Todd Bowles to try to scheme some type of coverage to try to phase digs out to some speed, to, so, uh, to some degree. It's not going to work out, but he's going to try. I think it's a good spot for Davis to be in one-on-one coverage. He'll find some spots in the red zone. He has some touchdowns this year for a guy who's been underwhelming in terms of yards. Give me Gabe Davis touchdown at around uh, 220. Oh, interesting. Quite interesting. There was no Gabe Davis talk on this show. That's why I like it. It's off a down a week. I think Wait, you got Davis down. at what? Uh, two twenty. Where did you get that? I saw FanDuel at two twenty. Really? Holy crap! I'm looking at DraftKings, and he's plus one sixty. When I filled it, when I did the uh, prop sheet about 
half an hour before it went live, it said 220. So I just wrote yeah, it down. holy shit. That's a, what that's a huge difference. Absolutely. All right. All right. Anything else for people before we get up out of here? Not really. Looking forward to this game. Not really, but uh, you know, hopefully we'll make some money on it. A lot of sports going on. NBA reminder: the NBA Gambling Podcast is back for the actual games, and we have a bunch of games tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Uh, should be fun. Uh, yeah, a lot of sports. You got Game Seven again in baseball in the NLCS. That should be fun too. A lot of sports, but don't forget about the NFL, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Do not forget about the NFL. It's kind of hard to forget about the NFL, but. Make sure you go ahead for the one person that's listening to us live. You like the video on your way out. And for everybody that's catching us through your airways, make sure you catch us live. YouTube.com slash MFL Gambling Podcast. We're here 7 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays. Me and Scott breaking down Thursday night football, breaking down the afternoon slate of games. Come rock with us. Come come out, hang out with us, you know, anything like that. And make sure you leave a five-star review while you're in your podcast app listening to this right now. Other than that, I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No other way of ending the podcast. We're just going to end it like this. Man, Saints suck. We're out of here.